Hello. Hi. How's it going? Welcome back. We are happy to have you here with us. We're so excited about this episode. This is an episode that we didn't have a tease for last episode. Right. It's because we didn't know that they would say yes. I think that's that's, that's true. what it is. So. Yeah, we were hoping we were, we had like the fingers crossed. Yeah, we had fingers like, crossed. Oh, like, oh, yeah. is he going to be on there? Yeah. Oh, I don't know when. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, we'd like to, you know, formally introduce you all to our dear Mentor, mentor, colleague, teacher, friend, colleague, teacher. friend. <laughs> yes. A client at one point. Yeah. We've um, known Chris Perry. Chris Perry. For the last 12 years. For 12 me. for you? For me. Yeah. Probably like 14. So probably like 14, for you. 15 for me. Yeah. 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 He's so. one of the reasons why. I think for me, the main reason why I even got into Definitely. animation in the first place. 100%. The only reason I'm in animation is because of Chris. <laughs> I, yeah. I like to say when people ask me like how I first got you know excited yeah. to be in animation, it actually came from Chris's first animation one class. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Where, you, you tell a short story. I'll yeah, tell a short okay, story. Okay, Here great. We go. Here we go. So my short story is that I went into the class. Uh, I was a UMass student. Short story. So the... Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he opened up Autodesk Maya. He put a gray anonymous cube mm. onto the screen, set a keyframe, mm. made it move. And I said, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Nice. That's nice. it. Like for some, the spark was that's there a great, that's instantly. A great, that's a great moment. Yeah. Nice. I, and yeah. So I'm, I'm always grateful to his, so he's part of my origin story. Yeah. Here's my origin story. I applied for his class. He denied me. <laughs> oh, he's looking at you. Oh, <laughs> I'm giving you the bombastic side eye. Um, <laughs> Then, I don't think you know what that means. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> then I took another class with a different professor. That's what mm -hmm. it was. It was like Anim 1 or something. Sure. In the back of my head, like, I need to prove it to that guy that I'm good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I had some other motivation that had nothing to do with the class or anyway. But at the end of that class, he comes over and he says, hey, maybe you should take my Anim 3 class because your work is great. And I had skipped Anim 2. He, like, pushed mm -hmm. me through to the next class right. so i was i was like yeah of course of course i belong over there <laughs> yeah yeah it's my work ethic i is mm -hmm. you know well he, he recognized your work ethic for sure yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. but yeah he's been an inspiration to us over yeah. the years he's guided so, us in a lot of different ways maybe let's talk a little bit more about his accolades on his behalf because yes, i think of so Chris used to be the professor of media arts and sciences at Hampshire College, which is where we all met. Right. Prior to that, he worked at places like Rhythm and Hughes and Pixar. That you Pixar. Know, that that, that, that one, little studio. That, that's you a might, small, tiny. Yeah. I, I don't do. Does anyone know who Pixar is? <laughs> I'm not sure. He's uh, he's been honored by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Mm -hmm for a technical achievement award. Mm -hmm. He's also a member of the Writers Guild of America, the WGA. Yeah, and, and he's worked on a number of projects over the years that have really kind of yeah. pushed the boundaries of technology Yeah, in a way that were for us, we were had the pleasure of being able to work on Something with him. I love about Chris is that he's always pushing everyone to do better at whatever they're doing. Right, better so, storytelling, better gonna, art, better, storytelling, better, better art, communication. Better animation, better like mm -hmm. that camera choice, make it better, that right. color choice, make it better, like... It's just always about improvement. And, yeah, to give you all a kind a of a new term yeah. uh, from the art industry, CBBs are a CBBs, big thing. CBBs, CBBs. could be better. Could be better. <laughs> so we have a list of CBBs of this podcast <laughs> somewhere in our Google Drives. Yeah. Uh, and we will make the podcast better. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he has, he's an animation veteran, and he has an independent studio called Bit Films, yes. great name, where he showcases a bunch of his work there as well. And you can see some of the work that we've done. I, mm-hmm. Did you work on Tower 37? I worked on Caldera. I, so mm-hmm. I, I originally worked with him on Tower 37 at Hampshire, and then we worked on New Pioneers together, yeah. and that was something that he hired our old yeah. studio for. And maybe we'll yeah. we'll link some of those in the description. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah so you 100%. can check them out if you're he, interested in short yeah. films and animation. He also has a book that we mentioned in the podcast, but we'll mention it again here because it's an amazing book Yeah, called Scene Writing. Scene, Scene Writing. Not, Not screen, screen writing. writing. <laughs> Scene Writing. Scene Writing. Yes. So, uh, Co-written with Eric Sanders. Um, yes, shout out to Eric Sanders. And it's, yeah, and it's exactly what it's sounds like it is the missing manual for script writing um, yeah so it it basically guides you through the process of writing a script if that's something you've never done before i personally got to test it out <laughs> over yeah. the last year and wrote my very first script and it was wonderful yeah. and i'm i'm really grateful for that I'm still working so. on mine you know my script is we're gonna workshop it a little it's bit. about mr clean anyway yeah. <laughs> uh so I, i'm excited let's just jump in yeah, um, yeah. let's do it all right Well, Chris, we are delighted to have you on. I'm super excited. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for the conversation. For our audience who might not know you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do at Nickelodeon and maybe in a past life where you've been? <laughs> <laughs> Depends how much time we have. I've had right. a few past lives. <laughs> well, I guess we'll start with the most recent, which is I've been supervising director on a new show at Nickelodeon called Max in the Midnights. Hopefully. You'll see it sometime in 2024. <laughs> I don't know for sure. And what a supervising director does, well, to explain it, I want to define a little bit about how we make shows at Nick. So there's a team that is, we call it local, even though there's a lot of remote workers now, but there's like the Nickelodeon team for the show that writes the scripts, does the character design, and then creates animatics, which is that a term I can assume your audience members understand? Yes, we did a whole episode about it. it, Nice. (laughs) So, um, And then we work with a a vendor studio who will produce animation for us based on um, all that material. And really, so my priority was I was responsible for making sure that the animatics were the highest quality we could get with the time and the budget that we had. And so the job is really about translating the scripts that we get to some sort of visual treatment. So we're, we get voice records, we choose our shots, we you know choose performances, we add rough musical cues on top, sound effects cues, and we deliver what we think is a pretty compelling animatic that you can watch and kind of really understand what the episode's going to be like mm-hmm. without really having done any of the final CG that would be in there. Mm-hmm. That was that was uh, my most recent responsibility. And, and before that, I taught for many years at Hampshire College, where we all met. Yes. <laughs> I'd <laughs> like to take some day. credit for you two finding each other. And, and, 100%. And you, should, you should hear the intro. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> um, and at Hampshire, I was teaching animation and screenwriting. Uh, for quite some time. And uh, in parallel with that, cultivating my own skills as a writer and director, which ultimately led to this current gig at Nick. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. I don't think I've ever asked, like, 
what got you interested in writing work to begin with? Like, what sparked that? Oh, my God. Very specific moment. <laughs> oh, okay, so, yes. I, yeah, I was uh, living in L.A. and working in the visual effects business as a technical director slash programmer. I was, I was on the code side and on the technical side of making visual effects. And I was living with a bunch of guys. It was one of those five people in one house situations, as a lot of people do after <laughs> grad school or undergrad. Definitely. And one of my roommates knew that I loved this book. The book was Ender's Game. I loved the, mm. the book by Orson Scott Card. Mm -hmm. And he was in some job, I forget where he was, but a script came across his desk for an Ender's Game movie. This is mm. years before they actually made the movie, and this was not the script that uh, resulted in the movie. Mm -hmm. But he left it. He, he, he's like, here, I thought you might be interested in this. I'd never read a script before. Mm. I sat there. I opened it. And two hours later, I was like, oh, my God, that was such an incredible experience. It was like watching a movie. Mm. And this definitely is a, not a good version of Ender's Game. <laughs> so it was two, two things happened at once. I loved, I loved what that medium is its own little sub medium, like on its way to being a film, how that worked and, and how it made me feel and the experience it gave me. And I also thought that that person didn't do a good job of capturing the book that I had loved. Mm. And so that put the spark in my mind of like, oh, I wonder if I could do this. And then it got reinforced multiple times over in the visual effects field. The, you know, the other moment that I can point to was going to a cast and crew screening of the film Kazam where oh, Shaquille yes. O'Neal yes. is a genie, yeah. comes out of a boombox. I was, I, a I worked classic, on that. A classic, a <laughs> classic. Yeah, it definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but I went to the cast and crew screening and, and it was really, you know, the environment was really celebratory and, and exciting. And I watched the movie and I felt really disappointed because I felt like we had put all this really great effort into something that ultimately wasn't, it didn't move me. Mm. in a way that I wanted work that I'm putting my life and love into to, to move me. And so that was another one that, that reinforced the path for me of, well, if you're going to complain about what other people are doing, try doing it yourself and see, see yeah. how it goes. So that, that's the long answer to your no, question. No, that makes perfect sense. And I, I think there's something to that to our audience. A lot of the people that you know we know are, are either copywriters or they're they're thinking about marketing in a slightly different way from more of a storytelling perspective. And I think that comes a little bit from that feeling of like, you know, we've been using marketing to sell our products yeah. over and over and over again. We need to focus on the story side of things because that's where the passion comes from. Yeah. And we were and, right before yeah. you jumped on, we were talking about the Barbie movie right. as a marketing play like that. Mm -hmm. The entire movie is a marketing play, but they're yeah. telling a very interesting and compelling story. I don't know if you've seen, right. have you seen the Barbie? I have. Movie? Yeah. 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 Okay. Would you, so, would you think about it? How, how much Kennergy <laughs> do you think? Um, we can, do you on a daily I, basis? Yeah, yeah. I am Knuff. That's ah! what I think. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get everybody matching t-shirts. Oh, okay. We're going to get letters in the mail. Um, <laughs> but, but that's cool. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, I, I, you've written a book on writing, which we have, that both I have read. followed yeah, and we've been following it. Yes. And it has um, been amazing. And you co wrote that with someone. Yes. Um, Eric yes. Sanders. Eric Sanders. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, shout out to him if you definitely. Yeah. yeah. Go, um, if you're ever looking to write good stories and good scripts, that, that's the book to go get. 100%. <laughs> so, so I wanted to sort of give him a little taste here. So, can you describe a basic story structure? from your perspective here? You know, how, how should communication professionals be telling more compelling stories? Mm -hmm. Well, in the book, we, make a, we try to make it really simple. 
Well, well, first of all, rewind. Why are we communicating at all? And and typically mm-hmm. it's to I want to convey some information to you, or or you know you want to convey information to the minds of of consumers or audiences of some sort. That's that's underlying all of this communication is some information that needs to be passed on. Mm-hmm. And in the book, we talk about that a, a really great scene definitely has to provide that information. Like it just doesn't work if the if if the scene doesn't further the story in some way. But it also needs to be engaging. And engaging is a somewhat squishy term. Mm-hmm. We spend a whole chapter talking about it, but it it's it's that that quality of do you want to put it down or not? Do you find it compelling? Do you want to turn the page and keep reading? And that that's a key element. I think probably everybody in your circles knows what they want to communicate. Mm-hmm. They come in with a message and maybe they don't. I mean, maybe there's like branding choices and things that people need to come up with where they're like, we're not sure where to go right. and which, mm-hmm. which version of us we'd like to, we'd like to present. But whenever you've decided that the engagement part, I think is the, is the key part. And that's where, that's where you're free to break rules. You know, there's all these books say like, this is how you do it. This is the way it has to be done. And by this page, you have to have done this. And by this thing, you have to do this. That only exists because those things kind of work. They've captured a, a, a sort of structure that resonates with people. But, you know, for every 10 examples that follow some kind of model, there's one just mind-blowingly different thing that does something in a crazy way, and you're suddenly hooked by it. Right. And and so I think that the marriage of engagement and information is really key for, you know, telling stories that are appealing. Yeah. How, how does it, so I'm trying to think about what you just said. Mm-hmm. Does the different type of storytelling change the way I should be thinking about my writing? You mean like animation versus live action? Or, yeah, or? something like that. Yeah, like, because, you know, you can tell stories, again, so Barbie being... A, a good example of a marketing decision to say, hey, we should put out a movie and, you know, it'll sell all these things. And, mm-hmm. but we can also tell this story. What if I'm not Mattel, right? <laughs> what if I'm a smaller company or maybe I'm a nonprofit organization and I'm trying to convey a particular message and I want to do that? I'm maybe contemplating in my head, is it live action? Is it animation? How do I do this? Does that change how I approach my story or should I? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think it should. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's this writer's strike going on right now. And a lot of people ask, oh, does it impact you? And I am a member of the Writers Guild, but the, there's also the Animation Guild, which covers animation writing. And not all animation projects are guild projects. So, and, and it's historical. And I don't even know all the reasons why there are two guilds. But the processes are the same. Mm-hmm. You're still conveying information and trying to do it in an engaging way. And so I'm frustrated that they are kept separate. I'm frustrated mm-hmm. when people call animation a genre because, right. you know, there are adult animated films and animated dramas and that like, mm-hmm. it's just another way of making things. So no, I don't think the, the, I don't think of the writing process any differently between the two. And, and I think that, you know, you guys were plugging the book. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think that if you're writing a novel and you want to make a chapter that really resonates with people, you'll probably be following a lot of the same things that someone who writes a scene would be following. So, I mean, I'm broadening it out even beyond scripts for animation or live action and just saying that like the general act of communicating, if you're a comedian telling, you know, doing a stand-up routine, same deal. So, no, I I don't think, I don't think you should think of them differently. I think Mm. they're similar. That makes perfect sense. I agree. Yeah. 
do you have a, <laughs> do you have a follow up? I was thinking, here's well, a here's a yeah, follow up. Here's a follow up that yeah. we didn't write down. We're developing something internally right now, and we were discussing what comes first. Is mm. it character development or is it story development? And is it a chicken and, we and the were, egg is it, situation? Is it a chicken and the egg situation? And we stand on different sides. I'm not going to tell you which side we stand on <laughs> because I want you to tell us what the right answer is. And then we can. And then <laughs> well, wait, then one, one of, of you is going to like shame exactly. the other right, one for right being there. wrong. Okay, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Bring so it, I'm getting in the it. middle of a spat here and I'm going to be used. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I'll make it easy. I don't think there is a right way. Mm. I think that you can do neither in a vacuum. You could start with character if you ignore plot and story, you you will struggle. And if you start with plot and you just try to ignore character, you will also struggle. So I mm. think that there's a, it's a two-handed conversation. Like it, 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 you might start. You know, you might wake. Like for me, a lot of my ideas are start with a high concept thing that hits me in a dream or, you know, what if, what if the, this following thing happened and it's more plot driven mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, I take, I write it down and I think, oh, wow, that's really cool. But you can't tell a story with just plot. Right. And so then you think, okay, who's the right character to, to, to be with through this journey, right? Let's say there's some, well, you know, like a story like Contact, you guys know Contact, yeah. Carl Sagan book and then the great mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. with Jodie Foster. You know, the, the the sort of plot thing is contact is made with some alien species. Some extraterrestrial force has made contact. That's exciting plot stuff. Mm-hmm. Who's the character? Who are the people involved in that? And, and why do we care about them? And you've got this young female scientist and then you've got this kind of religious figure who I think was played by Matthew McConaughey in the film, oh, if I remember maybe. correctly, yeah, I um, so. who's, you know, asking kind of these important questions because as soon as, as soon as contact with extraterrestrial intelligence comes up, it, it becomes less about science and more about, well, what should we do? Mm-hmm. And, and is this, is this going to be good for us? And does it make you question things like the existence of God and blah, blah, blah. And, and so the story is about this kind of, ongoing discussion and debate between these two mm-hmm. and, and this idea of faith. Right. And ultimately the scientist and Jodie Foster has to make this leap of faith, which is not in her wheelhouse. It's not who she is. She comes at it from a pure science perspective, but her journey is one where she has to embrace the faith part of it. And, and that science is not all black and white, cut and dry scientific method, yada, 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 that you get into spaces that, that are squishier. And yeah. so that's where it's this great marriage of you found the right character to go on the right journey with this story point of, okay, we discovered extraterrestrial intelligence. What do we right. do next? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're kind of, you're talking a lot about, I mean, this is a great example of kind of going a little bit more in depth into that development process that I think oftentimes gets sort of ignored in the marketing side. Sometimes when we get an animation, we'll say, you know, they'll come to us and say, hey, we have this project. We we kind of know what we want and it's due in two weeks. And we <laughs> say, okay, great. Like, you know, how do we take the time to know when to analyze and when to when we're over analyzing and saying, okay, we need to stick back to sort of yeah. the main goal here. But mm. I, I think there's something around this question about how much time should we give for 
this development phase that I think is needed for every project that you work on yeah. to, to I, get to that deeper story. So yeah. I'll, I'll reveal who's on what side. I, I approach oh, sure. it from character first. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay. I, we play D and D. So <laughs> I treat it as a D and D session. Like I need to know everything about a character before I understand what happens to that character and how mm-hmm. they will react. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's how I've been thinking about what we're doing, but not to say that the plot obviously isn't important, right? but yeah, yeah, I think they both inform the why in different ways. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's well, something there. Are yeah. either of you the DM in that in that game? No. no. <laughs> not okay. that one. Okay. Things are just happening it, to yeah. us. <laughs> right. I was gonna say, if you're not the DM, then it's a perfect place to be, to be character centric. Mm. And you know, there's a lot of Im- improvising that goes on and, and your sort of plot corners and your obstacles are, are coming from an external source. Mm-hmm. When you're developing your own thing, you're, you're responsible for both the character and the, you know, the plot, the plot points. And so, right. um, yeah, well, I, I mean, I get it. And I, I know a lot of people who start with character. That's where they, that's where they start. And, and that's not necessarily where I start. Either way, you still have to get to, well, to get to your question, Catherine, of, of mm-hmm. how long. Yeah. I don't know the answer, but I, the great news is that the script is a really fast way to figure it out. Like mm. the script is not rallying a team of artists across the globe, doing slow keyframe animation work, doing, you know, precise character design work. Mm-hmm. You you can, as you develop your skills as a writer, you, you can really efficiently put out something that if it works on the page, then you can be pretty hopeful it's going to work. Mm maybe even better in execution. If it's not working on the page, that is kind of a cheap way to say, oh, we have to reassess. We we right. have to we have to revise and iterate. If if I were a client, it would be hard, you know, I don't want to hear <laughs> we're going to spend a week of our two weeks <laughs> rewriting this thing because I'd be right. terrified by that. But, you right, know, but it's kind of justifying the, yeah. a little bit of the the cost side of that, right? The yeah, the yeah. fact that like you can save so much time by diving into the script now and making those changes and understanding the story and how everything's reflected before you get into any concepting, any animation work. Yep. So that, you know, we, we've definitely mentioned yeah. that before. Where it's like, if you go into animation and then you change out the entire script, you're doubling. You're starting over. Yeah. Right. Starting yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, I, I think there's another approach here that we see a lot in collaborating with other people where they approach it design first instead of, you know, all the character work that we're talking about is written character work. To me, right. it's like defining who the character is, where they're mm-hmm. from, some history, some descriptors, that kind of thing. But a lot of people in the marketing world approach it with, we need a character, but let's just design the character and let's lead with what that design is. Mm-hmm. And, and that somehow shapes the character more than what they represent. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting approaches. I, I was going to say, I'd be hard pressed to say that that was somehow wrong because I think everybody needs a North Star they need right. the thing to guide them, and if the, if if the client is looking at this thing and goes, "That's that's us. That character captures what we're trying to do." Yeah, that's like a helpful beacon for everybody involved in the process. And so, mm-hmm. if you think visually, then writing a script isn't going to be where you start necessarily, right? right? But if you can get that north star identified, it helps everybody on the creative process like yeah. unite. Yeah. That's very true. So it sounds like there it. are three starting points, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. none of them are wrong. Right. So exactly. we're just we're just let me just throw that out there. <laughs> you can start with design. Mm-hmm. You can start with 
character descriptions yes. or you could start with plot that's any any one of those is great yeah yeah and once they merge together that's where the that's the where the gold magic happens. And the magic happens that's where the yeah. magic happens yeah 100 yeah. awesome. percent. yeah mm-hmm. cool well so yeah it, it makes me think a little bit because we're kind of getting into production and workflow a little bit more yeah, we're deep in here. the weeds here yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> what what would you say what do you think makes production workflow smoother on both the creative side and the business side you know are there are there common points of like friction that happen especially at as companies scale and yes. when you're working with larger teams yeah. like does do the same points of friction apply or are there new levels that, just, that come just, up just to way? give you a little background too like yeah. I, i've been in me- like meetings with like 11 people right and mm-hmm. there's the head of the company here's the head of marketing mm-hmm. here's you know, the agency that's mm-hmm. that we're working with. Here's the production company that we're working with. And then there's me. Here's the safety committee and, that has to be involved. The legal, the compliance like, review. Everyone yeah. is looking at my work and critiquing it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was really easy because it was everyone in one room and it was like, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. I'll write down the thing and that's it. Okay. So it, it doesn't always happen that way. Right. It was a right. very specific situation. So, yeah. Right. Well, I would say this, a uh, uh, great segue, because I think having that North Star, having that beacon, having those stakes in the ground that you can point to and say, this is it, and it's not, it's this, not that, mm-hmm. that's really helpful for steering something, right? Mm-hmm. You can always go back. So, so, you know, in the, in the, the show that I've been on, I'm in situations sometimes where I have to advise someone without the showrunners in the room. And that's like my job is in part to help execute the vision of the show, even though it wasn't originally my vision. So, so my job has been to try to understand their vision. And I only got there through all those North stars and many, many, many conversations. And, and, you know, then I get entrusted with that and I can then advise people so that when the showrunners see the work, they're seeing something they expect and something that they are that they are happy with. Hopefully, that's the goal: is that this team of you know many many people is going to create something that works for the unified vision of the project. In terms of friction points, okay, I think the noting process is is really really interesting. So, so sorry, friction you defi- point. Define yeah. define noting noting process for us. Yeah, yeah. Let's start. Okay, so well, you were talking about your your example of being in the room with eleven people, where you're collecting input on your work. Mm-hmm. That is a that isn't a form of a noting process. You're getting you're getting the input where someone says, "Oh, I like this part. I didn't like this part. Or this felt too sudden. Or this was too right. blue. Or whatever. Our, you know. Yeah, our clients would call that like a review or something like right. that. Great review right. session. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So when I think of collecting notes and acting on notes, I think of basically all those different reviews and the way that they can occur. You know, let's pretend that your group was not all in the same room. Let's say you got, so you get an email from the president of the company. You get a phone call with the people who are the safety compliance people. You have lunch with the people from the ad agency, right? Like, so, so over the course of a week, let's say you finish up a draft, you ship it out. And over the course of a week, you get all of this input from all these different sources. Your job is to collect that, translate it. Because if someone says like, I didn't like this part, that's not actionable. Right. Right. If someone says, this character needs to say Frank instead of uh, Felicia, that's actionable. You can just like act on it right away and it's easy. But when they say, I didn't like this part, this part got slow for me. That's when you have to, first of all, figure out what the note is behind the note. Yep. Right? <laughs> the intention why, behind it. Yeah. yeah. Why why does that suck? Why does this person not like this moment? So so that process when the source 
the sources are coming in from so many different places and so much different, so many different times and so many different backgrounds. That's hard to do. And you might have your meeting where you collect and process and filter the notes, and then oh god, someone who hadn't chimed in within the deadline still chimes in, and and you don't want to upset your clients. You want to do the best thing you can do, right? And so how do you integrate yeah. that stuff when the it comes in after the process? Of course, you can just say, hey, it came in late. We can't deal with it. But none of us want to do work that's less than great, right? We're all right. interested in doing the best work we can. And if you get good input, even if it's late, you want to act on it. So now make it more complex. Add in the fact that we're talking about a particular instance of a particular visual treatment of something, okay? So we're looking at version two animatic <laughs> dated this date. Yep. Someone says this part is slow. What part are they talking about? Do they refer to it by time code? Do they refer to it by frame mm. number? Do they refer to it on an online like video noting service or are they typing it into an email to you? And so mm. and then if someone else say puts a note on some sort of online, you know, feedback thing, those two notes maybe are related to the same part, but they're coming in in two different sources and someone has to unify them and connect them and go, oh, they're both talking about this part. So, right. so there's the filtering and the translating of notes. Once that's done, I think it's pretty straightforward to act on them mm -hmm. because, because, you know, you're like, okay, these are more important than those. Let's do these first. Blah, 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 blah. You can pass right, them right. on. There's a, yeah, there's but no I just find that, 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 that process of collecting and filtering and, and parsing the notes is really hard. There's not a great tool for it. I've tried a dozen. Right. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, you, you don't want, like, let's say that you're really visual, Catherine, Will's very mm -hmm. verbal. And, and like, I want you to give notes in the way that works for you. So maybe you're like scribbling on a piece of white paper and sending me <laughs> scans and Will's typing something into an email or a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Both great notes, completely different. I have to open them in different viewers. Right? <laughs> like, so yes. anyway, this is a big, big Thorny. One's a PowerPoint. You don't have right. Microsoft. You right. got to install Microsoft. PowerPoint so we spend so yeah. much time and energy dealing with these types of things. It drives me crazy. Yeah, because um, well, it, yeah. it also runs into that idea of like, especially when you're dealing with bigger production companies too, there's things that happen at scale when like, if everybody's sort of playing this game of telephone, is there a point when the translation gets lost between what the feedback was originally <laughs> going mm. all the way down to the fix and being like, that's that's not what I asked Espe for. Especially <laughs> if your method of communicating your note is something like a phone call. Mm -hmm. If right. I'm feeding you a phone call, you right. might translate it differently. I'm trying to jot the notes down. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I might interpret it entirely different once it gets to me. Like it's literally a game of telephone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree. That yeah. happens a lot too, is we're, we're sitting there talking and, and someone says like, no, no, I don't think that's what they meant. I was right. there. And it's yeah. like, okay, I'm just reading what you sent, but I was there in the meeting and no, they, they added something else that we didn't capture. And I think it's more like this. So, right. Yeah, I agree. That's another big yeah. piece of it. I'm curious where you think that might, you know, on the client side there, whoever that, that person is that has to be the one to give feedback, like what might you recommend to them in terms of like, is it that they might need more guidance? We've talked about this before where like, at, at every stage, we try to provide some like guiding questions to be like, this is what we're looking for from a yeah. feedback standpoint at this point. But yeah, I'm kind of curious if there's like tools or things that the the client could have in their tool belt to help mitigate that. Yeah, let's let's, that let's make them a cheat well. sheet right now. What, right, what can right. they do um, <laughs> yeah. to make it clearer for us? I think that inviting a certain kind of feedback is a really good idea. We, we do that a lot, you know, like mm -hmm. early animatic 
we don't want notes on performance. We want notes on shot selection and, you know, pacing. That requires educating people because, again, if you're not in the space very deep, you're going to look at something and say, that looks like a bunch of stick figures running around. You're like, well, that's because that's what it is. And, yeah, and yeah. Tr- trust us, those stick figures will be replaced with something else. Yeah. And it'll they're look gonna, really great. They're going to look amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that education is helpful. But still, you know, I want to put the fewest number of impediments between the client and the notes. I, I want them to be able to react in the way that's natural for them and capture it in a way that then we can use. Because, because. Mm. Again, with the translation process, if I'm forcing you, let's say you're not very technical and I'm sending you to some website where you have to like click and drag and right mouse and do this and yep. do that and hit enter. And if your note doesn't go in, you don't know what, like, I don't want to frustrate mm. you just giving notes. Right. Yes. I want the notes <laughs> to feel like a conversation right. and just to have you say what's on your mind and leave the interpretation up to us. Mm. So, so that's another piece of it is, you know, the people who you want notes from, they're generally busy people who care a lot about what's going on and will have valuable input. And to slow them down unnecessarily sounds to me like a mistake. Now, it might be that there's the sort of right amount that that greases the, the skids a little bit so that when the notes do come in, it doesn't create such a headache on our end. Right. Uh, but, you know, the dream answer for me is one that lets people react in a way that's very native to them. So if they're if they're an illustrator, they can scribble and draw, right. um, and if they're a writer, they can type, and if they're a spreadsheet person, they can spreadsheet it. Like whatever whatever works for you, I'd love to make that possible. And so it maybe means that someone's got to create a kind of generalized interface to the same system that has different different modes yeah, of like working. Adaptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah adaptable to, to how see, you like to do it. Yeah, I would love to see somebody give me a, a piece of feedback that's in a spreadsheet format. Really? I don't oh, know okay. what that would look like, but you I'm so curious. That? Yeah, I've gotten that. I'm thinking like, yeah, yeah. Would they put like formulas in? Like it's it's an elaborate spreadsheet. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, it's not. Well, you're not going to get that. <laughs> no. What you're going to get is you know. Yeah, run uh, on shot six. That, yeah, exactly. right, right. Here's the here's <laughs> the notes. Shot seven. Yeah. Here's the notes. It's, yeah, um, yeah. So, right. so, and similarly, like I, I'm one of those people who gives notes on, on our works in progress on the show and I've done it thus far. I've done it three different ways because the first way I tried, it worked well for our animation directors. It didn't work well for our showrunners, uh, And so I adapted it a little bit and now I'm doing something that works apparently better for our showrunners, but not as good for some other people. So mm. I st- I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm, technically comfortable enough to, to learn a new thing and try it. But again, I, I don't, and it's my job to do that. So, but, but it's, you know, the client is paying <laughs> right, to have right. something done. And, and so I don't want to give them a job um, other than <laughs> please give us the notes, right? We want your, right. Fi- want your feedback. Right. So this I mean, is, that's, that's, that that's my biggest pain them. point. Yeah. 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 I don't know if any business owners are listening, but if they are, mm-hmm. I think what, I, th- I think what, they forget is that there's a lot of time lost there in that translation in that and it can lead to much bigger financial losses right scope changes the, down scope the road, changes down the yeah. road that you didn't see coming because this translation didn't work the notes weren't passed on 
uh, in the right way or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it's in your interest to figure out a, a nice solution to all this. Yes, yeah. please. So, yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> and having that conversation like right at the beginning of a project too, like I yeah. could see um, something we've done in the past is like asking a client at the beginning, what's your preferred communication style? Right. Are you an email mm-hmm. person? Are you a text person? Are you a, we need to make sure that every feedback is a, a meeting that we have every right. single week. Like everybody's preference is going to be different yeah. there. So how do you, it, it's almost like, I, I feel like we're always in a way adapting to the needs of that client because we're put in a position where they're, you know, they're not expected to learn every part of the animation process, right? But yeah. they, they are getting educated a little bit along the way. But in a sense, like we, because we can pivot and change as, as needed, it feels like it makes more sense to go down that route as opposed to being like, hey, client, learn this brand new tool and like right. <laughs> be forced to be on this thing that doesn't work for you in the same way. Yeah. I like that idea, by the way, of of at the beginning saying, look, here are the three, four ways that we can receive feedback. We can do calls, we can do emails, we could do text, we could do notes on this this system. What's your preference? Like yeah. we don't care which of these you choose, but these all work for us and whichever one is fits your style better, that's great. Yeah. That sounds like a nice approach. Yeah. yeah. It, it hasn't failed us we yet. Try. Yeah, we tried <laughs> good. At least so far, yeah. Right. Um we, yeah, so let's shift gears a little bit cuz sure. we are talking about a little bit of technology mm-hmm. and and how that is changing. It's obviously at the center, I think, of these massive conflicts between studios and writers and all of that. But it, um, right, it's happening in different places. There's technology on on the business communication side. Yeah. There's technology in the production tools that there's, we're using. There's to new make technology in, the, in yeah. the creative side. Yeah, there's there's a lot of new tech <laughs> in different <laughs> places. So where do you see? this next wave of technology going? How do you how do you think that will impact how we tell stories? And I, I think that comes from a place of like, we've had many conversations over the years and I think we've we've brought this up every like five years. I feel like oh, we yeah. come back and we yeah. re-ask this hey, question. Hey, what do you think's going like, on out there? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what's <laughs> happening in the world? <laughs> yeah, you know, it. Um, I've had the, the, the pleasure of living through a couple of revolutions, right? Like, mm. like computer graphics, did not exist as a commercial way of doing anything when I was a kid. But some vanguards pushed and tried and explored and made it happen. And then, you know, during my professional lifetime, the first animated CG animated feature film came out in 1995. And, and now most films made, most animated films made are made using computer animation. Again, not all. There's, you know, there's still a lot of great stop motion and, and hand-drawn stuff. We're seeing movement right now with real time, the convergence of games and and traditional <laughs> traditional CG animation, <laughs> which is traditional is only thirty years old or something like that. Right, right, right. I'm very very invested in that space. I I think it's amazing. You know, the hardest part for me about animation has always been the fact that you come to a project with like some really clear idea in your mind of maybe it's a shot, maybe it's a moment, maybe it's a performance. And that's what's on your that's what's on your mind, and you have to like do a 180, put that on the shelf, and world build, character design, write a script, <laughs> create lights, create a set, create models, create textures, and it's like maybe six months pass before you can see the first version of that thing that was what got you inspired in the first place to get started. Right, mm. right. And that's so maddening. 
And um, this is why I have so much yeah. great respect for the illustrators that I've worked with that, and the painters that who can capture that with their skills in a number of hours instead of six months. And, and then again, there's your North Star again. It's like, ah, that's it. That there is what we need to make. Someone just drew it and captured it, and, and that's amazing. So I think the, the real-time revolution, the, 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 the use of game engine technology to, to create CG, it's the same way we've always made it. It just renders faster, basically, right. <laughs> which means that you can see better-looking stuff sooner. Okay, mm-hmm. so in my in my nightmare story of waiting six months, maybe it's only two months now, right, or a month mm-hmm. or something like that. And so you can you can get where you were hoping to be sooner. That's amazing, and that's that's going to continue. And and I think okay, we'll bring in the bad words AI or the bad letters. Everybody's <laughs> talking about AI. Mm-hmm. You know, there are ethical concerns, of course, but as far as a technology is concerned, AI feels like another one of these things that will help speed up certain processes, but it will not replace the need for creative people. And right. then, I mean, it just won't. I'm seeing things online where people are like, I just made this with runway and look at it. The future of cinema is here now. And I watch it and I think this film sucks. I look at it and I go, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, it looks nice. But I'm not engaged. It's like the characters right. are speaking in monotone, and mm-hmm. you know I, the the images look great. So so like, has AI arrived as a tool to allow you to create really compelling, often photoreal imagery quickly? Yes. So for someone like me who's not a painter or illustrator of any repute, like great, that might be a really helpful tool in my toolbox to allow me to. Like let's say I was hiring you guys to do something for me, I, I could maybe use it as a as a as a stepping stone and say like kind of like this, I whip this yeah, thing up in mid journey. Yeah. It's kind of like this, but we need more red here, and I, I need the character's ears to be bigger and da 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 da. But it's not. I don't see the fundamental processes changing right mm-hmm. now. They're just getting faster. They're just getting easier. We're getting better at at going from words mm-hmm. to pictures. Right. Which is ultimately what we do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you see that that example you kind of just brought up as like a sort of an invitation for the um, the creative side to really speed up on on the production front to have that North Star to be like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. But would you apply that same idea to showing that to a potential client or does that put them in like the kind of wrong direction to be? You know, oh, it's kind of like this, but if if it's not clicking yet, it might lead them astray. Is it? You know what I'm, I'm getting at? There? I do know what you're. I, th- I think yeah. I know what you're getting at, and and I I run into this every time I want to pitch something. Mm. If I want to pitch an idea for a show, part of me really wants to show you exactly the show that I'm pitching because right. I think if you saw it like I saw it, of course <laughs> you'd say yes because it's freaking great, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you're pitching someone you're inviting them to collaborate with you. And if you've already made all the decisions and it doesn't perfectly resonate with them, which the odds of that happening are very, very small, (laughs) Yes. then you're sort of closing the door right when you're trying to open it. You're Mm -hmm. closing the door on collaboration. And and so, I mean, we worked on a project together, that new Pioneers thing that we did, where yes. I was like, I was really excited about that. I still love it, right? I, and yes, but I do too. <laughs> it, I think it was too finished, mm. in a sense. 
because because I'd go in and pitch a show idea verbally, people would be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm getting it, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. And then I'd show them that, and you could sort of tell like, oh, it's not what they thought it would be. Like mm-hmm. what they were imagining was something that mm-hmm. they created based on what I was pitching verbally. Mm-hmm. Right, and then right. I was like, but we've already done it, and here's what it is, and it's <laughs> you either take it or leave it. So I, mm-hmm. I'm feeling more these days that, leaving room for collaboration is really great. So I don't know if, if I was going to use, say, Midjourney or something to create a pitch deck, I'd make sure I did like a, a real shotgun approach of lots and lots of images so that instead of saying like, here's the picture that I want you to think of when you think of this show, mm-hmm. I'd give a whole flavor deck of, you know. Right, here's the possibility. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like we'd have moments like all of these and and then I'd include stuff that, you know, was original as well if I could and if we could afford it. Mm-hmm. And that that I think your question gets to the like, okay, are you are you trying to create a foster a collaboration? Yeah. Or are you looking just for an investor? Or are you looking mm-hmm. right, right? And so so yeah, the answer sure. may differ depending on the nature of the conversation. But I I've 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 explored that space a little bit and i think they're maybe sometimes too far right if you're like jj abrams then it's different you could just people want to work with you because you make hits so you could show them exactly your vision of it and maybe your your history and cred will just get you the get you the deal but if you're someone like me coming off the street with like some crazy idea and and you know not the track record then then uh you want more of a collaboration i think Right. Speaking yeah, of fair. crazy that's ideas, <laughs> our Mr. Clean movie that oh, we did. Oh, that's already in there. We put it at the uh, front, yeah. but we'll put it in video as well. Listen, <laughs> Mr. Clean yeah. is the next IP, right. is the next Barbie. Here we go. We're going to move from Mr. Clean to Miss Clean, mm-hmm. his daughter. Yeah. Crazy we'll get backstory. There. We'll, get, we'll there. get there. Yeah. yeah. And, we'll and leave Mr. That in Clean, the show you've already, somewhere. I mean, you can just put up the the logo. <laughs> You're done. Right, right. Character yeah. design is done. If it looked anything different from that, no one's going to like it. He's got to exactly have the gold right. earring. Exactly right. Yep. <laughs> yep. No. I forgot he has a gold earring. He has earring. a gold earring. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, he does. That's, that's like the source of his power. What do you... Oh, you that's like, it's like the yeah. Green Lantern. It's like the oh, Green Lantern. He just if you pull that off, yeah. does he become Mr. Dirty? Is that like? Oh. Is that a thing? Oh, it's like maybe it's like a maybe ego, it's like, like a yeah maybe it's Jekyll like a and Hyde sort it's of a Jekyll situation. and Hyde situation yeah 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 <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> overcoming some you guys keep cooking demons. it up you keep cooking yeah. it up <laughs> well you know we'll we'll workshop it a couple times and we'll come back to you <laughs> Chris thank you thank you so much for joining us here it was amazing having you and we're we're really really happy that you uh, took some time out of your day yeah um, I mean we always yeah. I think every conversation we have always sparks something new in in me and like I yeah. I take away something that I'm like oh yeah we could we could implement it that way what are we thinking yeah. like there's, there's so yeah. many I, I think sharing there's something to having fellow artists creatives mentors sharing their experiences and their perspectives that gives you something in return yeah. that you say oh now i have i have new information to go off of that is newly inspiring so, I'm, I'm always yeah. inspired by your work I'm, i can't wait for the show to come out I'm, yes i'm excited yes. to see it yeah uh, so yeah. how could people either reach you or follow your work or get to get, or read your book how, yeah. how can people go do that well the book's easy to find <laughs> you, we, we already plugged it at the head, but scene writing. And if it's not at your bookstore, ask them to get it. Mm. People have been mm, yes. doing that and getting it online, of course. I am Bit Films on 
the site formerly known as Twitter. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't post a lot, but but every now and then, if I see something that is intriguing to me, I'll post there. But honestly, like working on the show has been so all-consuming that I've been just kind mm. of in my little hole, my little work hole. Um, <laughs> but but you know, reach out on LinkedIn, those types of places, and and I'd be happy to chat. And I'm I'm really grateful to have been invited and to chat with you guys today. I think it's really well it's very much needed what you guys are up to uh with <laughs> this you. podcast and with open pixel and and you know trying to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit on on what goes on uh because i really think i mean we all met in the context of education mm-hmm. and that's what we were doing that's that was our you know we weren't just here's the one way you do things we were talk about how to do it and we try new things and 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 so i love that you know, even so many years out of school, you guys are realizing like, we're figuring this out as we go. Mm-hmm. Let's get people into the conversation. Let's talk about alternate ways of doing things and, and you know, continue to just push towards the best, smoothest, most efficient, most successful ways of, of getting this kind of work done. So I love that you're doing that, having that conversation publicly. I think it's, I think it's great. Oh, thank you. We yeah, appreciate thank you. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always it's You're always welcome. Chris, you're welcome. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, we really appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll yeah. see you next time. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks. Good to see you both. Good to Bye. See you. Take it easy. While we're waiting, Chris, let me pitch you real quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> an idea. Barbie was a massive hit. Mm-hmm. IPs are back in a, in a really big Better way. Better than ever. What if we started looking to cleaning products as IP and we did a Mr. Clean movie? movie. Mm-hmm. So-, <laughs> so here's Mr. Clean has never always been Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean lives in like clean land. Mm-hmm. And there's... An antagonist, Mr. Dirtbag. Mr. Dirtbag. I, I don't know what you call him. <laughs> yeah. But he just wants to make the city really dirty. And and he becomes Mr. Clean by formulating through science and technology some oh, amazing formula yeah. that, you know, he puts on a sponge. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> There's a really, there's a really clear obstacle, and there's a really clear, you know, Mr. Clean versus Mr. Dirty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, hmm. They duke it out like uh, Superman. You know, it's the last, like the last battle. It could, yeah, it's a, well, and then we thought about the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe of Correct. it. He's gonna have a daughter, and it'll be Miss Clean. <laughs> and that's that's how you move oh. the brand forward. You yeah, see, that's yeah. How, I see. Yeah. You you attract a whole young generation of Correct. cleaners. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Well, you know what? You should inquire and see if the rights are available. <laughs> that's that's step one for that's developing biggest, a project like that. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.